The Mishnah's focus on the mitzvah of Araminim, the lul of Esrik Adasim and Arovus, continues into the first half of Perek Dalad. Now in the previous Perek we discussed the Araminim at length, starting off with the requirements to make Araminim kosher, and then going more into the practical side of how exactly to fulfill the mitzvah. Towards the end of the previous Perek we also discussed shaking the Araminim on Shabbos and when exactly that applies. And the first few Mishnahs of the fourth Perek are very much a continuation of that and the discussion is based around how many days of Sukkot the Mitzvah of Araminim applies. And the Mishnah also discusses other Mitzvahs which apply over the Yom Tov of Sukkot and states for which days of Sukkot they would apply. So we begin with Lulav, and as we have seen throughout the entire previous Perek, the Mishnah uses the word Lulav to really refer to all of the Araminim. So the Mitzvah of Araminim, Varova, and the process done with Aravas, they had very large Aravas which they would stand next to the Mizbeach, and they would surround the Mizbeach with the Aravas. The Mishnah will go into more detail later on in this Perek. But these two mitzvahs, Shisha the Shiva, can either apply for six days of Sukkot or seven. And as we will see, and as we already learned in the previous parak, this depends on which day of Yom Tov Shabbos falls out. If Shabbos falls on the first day of Yom Tov, so then the Araminim do apply. So then for all of the seven days of Sukkot, not including Shemini Atzeres, the mitzvah of Araminim would apply. But if Shabbos falls on a different day of Yom Tov, if it falls on Chol so then Midrabonon, the Araminim are not shaken on that day, so it would only be shaken for six days that year, and not seven. We will see more details about the Arava later on in this Perek. Continues the Mishnah, HaHalel, reciting the full Halel, the HaSimcha, and the mitzvah to rejoice on Yom Tov, the and the way that this mitzvah is fulfilled is by eating Koronos Shalomim, Shemona that applies for all eight days of Sukkot, including Shemini Atzeres. The reason why the full Halal is recited every day is because the amount of Korbonus which are brought as part of the Korban Musaf of that Yom Tov, it changes every day of Yom Tov. So it's as if every day of Yom Tov is sort of its new own Yom Tov, which deserves its own full Halal. And like Pesach, where the Korbonus are exactly the same every day, and therefore only the first day of Yom Tov has a full Halal. The rest of the days we have only half Halal. But on Sukkot, since the amount of Korbonus in the Korban Musaf changes every day, so there is a new full Halal every single day, including Shemini Atzeres. And as well as that, certainly the mitzvah of rejoicing on Yom Tov applies every day, so that also applies for eight days every single year. Sukkah, the mitzvah of living and eating and sleeping in a Sukkah, the Nisuchamayim and the Mitzvah of Nisuchamayim, which is when they would pour water on the Mizbeach whilst they were offering the morning Korban Tomid. That was a special Mitzvah which applied just on Sukkot, and there would be an incredible amount of rejoicing and happiness over this Mitzvah, as you will see later on. So these two Mitzvahs, Shiva, they apply for the seven days of Sukkot, not including Shemini Atzeres. Shemini Atzeres is considered to be a totally different Yom Tov. There's no Mitzvah of Sukkot, there's no Mitzvah of Araminim, it's totally its own Yom Tov, and ends off the Mishnah there, Cholil, which literally means the flute, and it refers to the musical enjoyment and dancing which occurred at the Simchas Beis HaShe'eva in the Beis HaMikdash, and that would apply either Chamisha or Shisha, either for five days of Sukkot or six days. Again, it depends when Shabbos falls out, because they would only do this on Cholamoed, which is not Shabbos or Yom Tov. So if Shabbos fell on the first day of Yom Tov, so that means there, would no, there wouldn't be a Shabbos on Cholamoed. So for all six days of Cholamoed, they would have this Simchas Beis HaShreva with all of the music and dancing. But if Shabbos fell on Cholamoed and not on the first day, so only on five out of six of the days of Cholamoed would there be a Simchas Beis HaShreva. The coming Mishnahis will explain each part of this Mishnah. Mishnah Beis, Lulav Shiva, for the Lulav and the Abraminim to apply for seven days, Ketzad, 
How so? What would the case be? If the first day of Sukkot falls on Shabbos, then Lulav Shiva. Then the Lulav ends up being shaken together with the Abraminim for all seven days of Sukkot. As we explained, that Abraminim applies on Shabbos only if it falls on the first day. There the mitzvah applies everywhere, even outside of the Beis HaMikdosh, so it's more of a significant mitzvah. And so the Rabbonon did not decree not to shake the Abraminim on Shabbos in case somebody comes to take it out into a public domain. They only decreed that on the other days of Sukkot, but on the first day where the main mitzvah of Abraminim applies on the first day. So if Shabbos falls on the first day, then they did not decree, and therefore the mitzvah Araminim does still apply. But if Shabbos falls on any of the other days, then Shisha, the Lulav and Araminim are only shaken for six days that year, since when it is Shabbos, it will not be shaken. We have mentioned before that this is only true as long as the Beis HaMikdosh was around, but after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh, even if Shabbos falls on the first day, it does not, the, the mitzvah does not apply. The reason being that in areas outside of Eretz Yisrael where they keep two days Yom Tov, that was because of doubt. They didn't know when exactly the first day of Yom Tov was. So since, so since there's a possibility that the Shabbos is not actually the first day of Yom Tov, so Araminim does not apply. And once that was the halacha for outside of Eretz Yisrael, they said the same thing even for those living inside Eretz Yisrael. Mishnah Gimel. In Mishnah Aleph we learnt that Arava, the mitzvah which was done with the Arava in the Beis Hamikdash, was either done for six or seven days of Yom Tov, just like the Lulav. And again, this is dependent on when Shabbos falls out to be. Even though, if you think about it, the whole reason why the mitzvah of Arba Minim is not, does not apply on Shabbos is because the Rabbonim were concerned that somebody might transport it through a public domain in order to ask somebody how to fulfill the mitzvah. But the mitzvah of Arava, as we will see in a couple of Mishnah's time, was a mitzvah which only applied in the Beis HaMikdash, and the Karnin themselves who were involved in this didn't bring their own Aravas. They were given Aravas by other people. There were people in the Beis HaMikdash who had the job to do this, and they would give out the Aravas. So there was no concern that somebody would come to bring it from his house, through a public domain, or anything like that. So why would the mitzvah of Arava not apply on Shabbos in general? So the Gemara explains that it was so that people wouldn't come to the conclusion that the mitzvah of Arava is a bigger mitzvah than the mitzvah of Lulav. We learned that Lulav does not, it does not apply on Shabbos. So if Arava would apply on Shabbos, people would come to the wrong conclusion that Arava is a more significant mitzvah. However, as the mission tells us now, Arava Shiva Ketzad, how would you have a case where the Arava did apply for all seven days of Sukkot, even on Shabbos? If Yom Shavi Shal Arava Shacholis for Shabbos, if the seventh day of Sukkot, which became known as the day of the Arava, if that fell on Shabbos, so that means that Shabbos fell on Hishana Rabbah, Arava Shiva, then the Arava would apply for all seven days of Sukkot. If Shabbos fell out to be on any other day of Sukkot, then Shisha, then it would only be taken and the mitzvah would only apply for six days of Sukkot, but not on Shabbos. So why is it that if it's on the seventh day, it would, it would override Shabbos? So the Gemara explains that it was in order to publicize the fact that this was a mitzvah of Eraisa. Because the whole process of the Arava is not actually said explicitly in the Torah. It is a halacha lo it's a tradition which we have going back to Moshe from our Sinai, but people may not have known about it as much. So to publicize the fact that it is a mitzvah midah iraisa, the Rabbanon said that it should apply on Shabbos if it falls on the seventh day. Meaning they picked one day, that if Shabbos fell on that day, it would override Shabbos, and it would apply on Shabbos. Now why did they pick the seventh day? So the Gemara explains that the two most significant days of Sukkot are of course the first day, which is actually a Yom Tov, and the last day, which is a Shana Rabbah. Now, if they were to say that on the first day of Sukkot, it is done on sh- even if it falls on Shabbos, people would think that the only reason why it's being done is because the Lulav 
and our minim do need to they do apply on Shabbos. And since we are performing those on Shabbos, so the mitzvah of Arava also applies, but only because of Araminim. So people would not learn from there that the mitzvah of Arava is midaraisa, and therefore they had to make it on the other most significant day of Sukkot, meaning Shanarabba, in order to publicize that even though the Araminim does not apply on the seventh day if it falls on Shabbos, the mitzvah of Arava does. And that is a great publicity that certainly does show people that the Mitzvah Arava is very significant and it is Mid-Eraisa. Mr. Dalad, Mitzvah Lulav Ketzad, how would the Mitzvah of Lulav in the base Hamikdosh apply? And again, Lulav refers to all of the Aramanim. And the main focus of the Mishnah is when the first day of Sukkot falls on Shabbos. As the mission now relates, Yom Tzoreish Nishal Achog Shecholeis Shabbos. If the first day of Sukkot falls on Shabbos, Melichnes Lovein Laharabayis. All of the people would bring their lulavim and their abraminim to Harabayis, the mountain on which the Beis Hamikdash was built, and they would bring it before Shabbos began. On Friday afternoon, they would bring it over there. The Chazonin and the Chazonin, which were sort of Gaboim, who took care of technical details in the Beis Hamikdash, Mekablimehen, they would take the abraminim from the people. The and they would set them up on top of the Itzva, which was an area of a couple of benches for people to sit down on Harabayis. This was outside of the Beis HaMikdash, and there were roofs on top of these benches in order to provide shade. So they would put these Ulovim underneath the roofs on the benches, and they wouldn't get ruined from the sun because there was the, the roofs protecting them and serving as shade. The Hazakanim, older people, they didn't put them over there, because as we're going to see, the next day, everybody would come and there would be hundreds and thousands of Araminim. And everybody would start grabbing them. It would be quite a dangerous place for old people. So they wouldn't put their Araminim in the Itztava. Rather, Manichnes Shalahen Balishka. They would place theirs in a special uh, chamber, which was in the Beis Hamikdash, which was designated for this purpose. And the Mishnah adds that these Chazonin, the Gaboim taking care of the Araminim, they would teach everybody there to say, Whichever person ends up receiving my Lulav and my Araminim tomorrow on Shabbos, Behold, it should be for him as a present. I'm transferring ownership of my Araminim to whoever ends up getting it tomorrow. Why? Again, because since there would be thousands of Araminim over there, and thousands of people, so they wouldn't be able to find your own Araminim set the next day when you come along. So people would just take any set of Araminim, but on the first day of Sukkot, as we have learned earlier on in the Masechta, it says, You should take for yourselves, and we learn from there that you have to own your Araminim set. And so this is a way of solving that problem, that everybody who puts down the Araminim on Erev Shabbos says that whoever gets this tomorrow, I'm giving him full ownership of that. And indeed, Lamacha, the next day, Mashkimin, Uvoin, they get up early, they come to the Beis HaMikdash, Vachazonin Zokinesom, Lifneem, and these Gaboim would throw the Araminim in front of the people on Harabayis, Vehemachatfin, Umakinis, Ishisrehu. They would grab them, and it ended up being that people would end up hitting each other in the rush to get the Araminim. When Beistin saw that the matter was leading to danger, and people ended, ended up getting injured. His skin they instituted that they wouldn't do this at all. Rather, each person should take and shake the lulav in his house. Before arriving in the Beis HaMikdash on Shabbos, they wouldn't bring it on Erev Shabbos to the Beis HaMikdash, rather they would keep it at home, and on Shabbos morning, they would shake the lulav in their house before arriving in the Beis HaMikdash without their Abraminim with them.